Hello. Good evening. Um, thank you very much for taking your time to listen to me. I believe I'm speaking to Winnie. Uh, Winnie has been asked by Christine to do a recording for a STEM project. Thank you for this time. You've given me the opportunity to share my story. And I'm hoping that my story uh, can be able to inspire and encourage somebody. Well, I'll start by introduction. My name is Kovia Masudio, and I am a midwife. I'm proud to call myself a midwife because midwifery is my passion. I just love my midwifery work. I enjoy being there every single day. When I'm in the maternity room, it's like second home for me, like I am home. So for me, I love being a midwife, and that's one of the things that took me back to school because I want to be addressed as a midwife. That's my passion. So currently what I do is um, I work as a midwife activity manager with uh, MSF or Doctors Without Borders in English. MSF simply means Medicines and Frontiers, but also in English it's, it's what I said as Doctors Without Borders. It's an international medical organization. It's a humanitarian organization that assists people that are affected by disasters, epidemics, uh, catastrophes, exclusion from health, wars and conflicts. I mean, this can be natural or man-made. It doesn't matter. So we go out to help people that have been that are being affected. They are whose health affected. Maybe the health systems uh, have been destroyed because of the wars that are going on, or because of a natural disaster, or because of an epidemic outbreak. Where, you, as you can see with the COVID-19, many health systems couldn't function, couldn't help, especially in these developing countries, which became a bit hard. So MSF always we go out to see how we can assist the government in strengthening the health system structures in specific areas where there is more need. So that's what we do at MSF or at Doctors Without Borders. So a little bit about my childhood. As I said, my name is Kovia. I come from the northern part of Uganda, Ajuman district. That is in the western region of, um, of Uganda. I come from... Uh, a, a polygamous family. We are 10 siblings in the family. I'm the third born of, of the 10. Um, my father had two wives. Well, we are four girls and six boys in total. Most of my childhood, I would say, was in, um, in a German district. I grew up mostly with my, with my grandmother. That's where I spent the majority of my childhood. I come from a very poor family. I mean, I, I, I came from, I would say, my family status years back was really very poor that we were living hand to mouth. That's how bad the situation was. So while at my grandmother's place, it was really their situation like, you know, you live in this grass touched house and um, you have to sleep on the papyrus mats and you are lucky to even have a meal every day. Like, you, you're literally lucky that you can be able to afford to have a meal every day. So for us, if we could even get one meal a day, we're like, thank you, God, at least today we've eaten something. Some days we've had to, de to spend the day just with maybe a cup of porridge. And mark you, this is porridge without sugar. But, well, we survived those days. My education specifically was, um, I would say the foundation of my education was not really well established in my childhood years. Why? One, uh, of course, the financial situations of my family couldn't uh, enable me to go in a proper school. I had to go in a government school where, you know, the teachings are not really the best. Number two, I grew up in an era where girl, girl education was not 
really something that is appreciated in the communities. Like it was something that was still new that was coming up, something that the government was starting to just push for it. So that's the era that I started my education. So that can help you understand that nobody really bothered to ensure to push us to school or to be strict to make sure that we attend the school. I mean, if you're able to attend well and good, that's your luck. Lucky for us, um, our dad was a little bit uh, into the education thing, much as the financial situation couldn't allow him so much. But he really encouraged us to get in school. He tried his best to make sure that we got into school. And I thank God for that opportunity because not many of, many of, not many of my, siblings, my cousins and other people had such an opportunity with their parents. But thirdly, the, the issue that really affected so much my education, my early childhood education, was the law resistance army conflict that was there in the northern Uganda, the Joseph Kony conflict. I mean, this, was, uh, this crisis or conflict caused a lot of dis security disturbances within the region that uh, you never knew when you'd be in your house spending the night there or when next you'd be running to the bush. So it was either today you're in class and the next day you're running to hide in the bush. That's how the situation was. So there are times you go for days or weeks without going back to school because the security situation couldn't allow you to go back there. Then there are times you have some good uh, few days in class available. You go, the situation is calm and you can go. But even when the situation is calm, most likely the teachers are not even there to help teachers because everybody's scared of situation. They're either hanging between, should I go back, should I not go back? The few are able to come are not able to manage the number of kids that are in school because maybe you're having two, three teachers and you're having from primary one to primary seven. So this was quite challenging and these factors affected my early childhood education. But nevertheless, I never let that affect me. I pushed forward. I... I mean, in, of course, in my early childhood days, education, I didn't understand why I was going to school. For me, it was, it was like, I have to go to school. It was, I enjoyed seeing the other kids going to school, so I, would join, I joined them along before even I was a uh, school-going age. I, would, I remember my grandmom telling me that um, I would always run after this, the other kids as they go to school, and I would sit in class when it was, I wasn't due to start my class in school. So for me, I think that's where I started my love for education. And with my dad pushing us, that helped us a little bit. But one thing I remember about my childhood and this, uh, the northern conflict was uh, the presence of MSF in northern Uganda during those years. As I told you, MSF goes in places that are affected by conflict and crises, and this was one of them. So you, we had MSF there that was helping the people who are in the, display, in the camps, who are in the camps, or those within the communities, but you are, you are displaced to another community like us. We didn't go to live in the camp. My mom assured we still stayed at home, but of course, once in a while you're running off. So um, for me, seeing them working on people who have been injured, people who have been shot, people who are sick, I kind of like admired their kind of work. I got into it, I'm like, wow, these gays are helping because I personally myself, I'm a beneficiary of their medical services. So I really, really fell in love with their work, and I'm like, wow, I would love to do this. I would love to become like them. I want to be, you know, for me, it was more of a prestige thing. Like, I would want to be in this position where people come, and, you know, you're able to help them, and they're proud to call you doctor and all these things. Of course, as a child, when you talk of the medical field, all we think about is um, being a medical doctor. But, of the, but there are so many things that we can do in the medical field. There are so many professions that one can join, depending on what your passion is. For me, I didn't know my passion until I was in my nursing school. As I told you, all I thought was being a doctor. 
because I would see the doctors in their courts and doing all the things, giving you medication, and then you're feeling fine. And I wanted to be that. And because I had that desire, so I put it in my mind that I, I had to do something. I had to do whatever it needed to be done to make sure that I achieve my, my, my dream, to achieve what I wanted to become, to achieve that pride, you know, that professional pride that knowing that I am something, I'm somebody, and to be able to stand and be able to help and like you, de you determine somebody's next steps in life. Like, of course, I have to decide if I'm going to stop your pain or not as a medical person. I have that choice, that choice to make. So I had that vision, I had that desire. I, it, it was deeply found in my heart. I buried it deep in my heart. One day I want to become like that. And I tried all best I could to achieve this. Um, as I said, my childhood, my childhood education was affected by the war. But lucky for us, my dad was a civil servant. And he got transferred from a German district to Kampala. So that gave us an opportunity to get out of that environment, to get out of that unhealthy environment that we were living in in our early childhood years. So we went to Kampala after some years, and uh, he enrolled us in schools again. And at least this time, of course, you're able, you, you have no excuse not to go to school. You're in school every single day, and you have the teachers around you to help you all the time. So I did all my best to make sure that I engaged the teachers, and uh, I tried to find out what it means, I mean, what it takes to become a medical doctor. As I told you, in those years, like, we didn't understand what that's what you want to be. We didn't know what about nurses and, and midwives and pharmacists and lab technicians and uh, radiographers, whatever it is that you can. I mean, these are things that I didn't know about. All I knew was just a medical doctor, so I, I, would, I was always disturbing the teachers. What does it take to become a doctor? So they, they explained to me what it takes, and... Um, one of the things, of course, was I have to make sure that I pass my science subjects very well because to be a medical personnel, I need to do sciences. So for me there, that's where I started putting an, an extra effort into my science subjects, right from uh, my late primary school years. So then I, after my primary seven, of course, I thank God that um, God gave me the brains I am a bright student. That's one thing I thank God for. And so I was able to pass well. But as I said, due to financial constraints, I come from a very poor family. I couldn't be able to, I couldn't be able to go to schools that I would have loved, that could have taken me. I mean, depending on my, based on, the, on my aggregates that I got. So I had to go for what my dad could afford. And that was uh, in a government secondary school. But this was a very good government secondary school. I started my O-level in Munigal Secondary School in Arua. And it was quite a very good school. And uh, while there, I took up leadership roles. I was, um, I did the class prefects, and then I was also the deputy head girl for for the school from my senior three to senior four. And then I completed, when I completed in 2004, being a bright person, I passed very well. It's not to brag, but that's, I know the things that you just have to thank God for. It's not talking to Brabba, it's just talking this to thank God that he gave me the brains and the, the brains and the wisdom in life. So I passed well. And uh, for my A-level, I went to Seroma Christian High School, a private school. My dad really wanted to make sure that I got a good foundation in the secondary. Like, at least my A-level, like, I went to a better school. Even if it was private, he struggled to make sure that he was able to pay the school fees so that we can at least have a good basis for our college or university education because he knew that what, what you do in your level determines what you're able to do in the university. 
So um, one of the things that I'm going to talk about what happened in, in my A-level. Of course, for my, for my O-level, my aim was the sciences because I knew what I wanted to become. So I made sure that I worked so hard on my science subjects and I passed them well. The one subject that really tricked me so much that gave me a bit of hard time was biology. But still, at the end of the day, I passed it also quite very well. I think the worst I got was a credit three or a credit for something around there. I'm not so, I don't remember so well, but I remember it was a credit in biology so i was able to go for a science combination now in a level at seroma i did pcb math yes i did pcb math just to let you know that um for us those days we're still doing the four subject combinations not three subject combinations like now and uh, at that time for a girl to do pcb math it was like wow why i mean they would ask you why would you a girl go for this people would ask because it was a little bit a new concept for them girls doing sciences it was kind of something new to them to some of the people of course other people embraced it and they encouraged us i was not the only person doing pcb math i think we were like three or four of the people in my class the girls were doing pcb math i remember so we, there are people who encouraged us, there are people who discouraged us, but one thing we chose was not to listen to those who are discouraging. And that is the issue with life that you're always going to find those that are going to cheer you on, encourage you and push you and tell you how you can go forward. But you'll also always find those that are going to discourage you from doing whatever your heart, you put your heart into. Especially with the sciences for the ladies. I mean, if you have decided that that's what you want to be, if that's your vision, nobody should put, tell you others, nobody should put you down. All you need to do is put in extra effort to work towards achieving that goal. That's all you need to do. As long as you put that extra effort, then you can be able to achieve what you want to do. So um, I did my PCB math. The one thing, one of the hugest or biggest challenges that I had was the mock exams. Honestly speaking, I failed my mock exams completely flat. I'm not even embarrassed to say this. I'm not even going to hide it because why I'm mentioning about this, I want us to know that life is not a smooth road. It is full of ups and downs. It's full of hills. It's never going to be a smooth path. It's not a bed of roses. They say roses do have thorns. So that for me, my mock exam was my thorn in, in the flesh. I failed my mock exams properly. I was so embarrassed to the point that I couldn't even show my results to my family, to my father especially. I hid the results from them. I told them, no, they've not given us. But I was embarrassed to show them the results because I never expected to perform that. The performance was so poor for me that I was too embarrassed about it. I didn't even want to show anybody to show anyone that result. It pained me so much that I could fail the sciences like that. And I'm like, it hit me. Like, if I fail the sciences, then I can't be able to reach my goal. I can't be able to achieve my vision. And I'm like, I have nurtured this dream from childhood. I have nurtured my brain from my early childhood years to be this. Now, if I'm going to fail at this last moment, then I cannot, because this was the last stepping stone to go and do the medical course. That thing pained, it pained me so much, but I didn't let that pain wear me down. What I did was I used that pain to push me to work harder. I used that pain that I felt, that, that embarrassment that I had for failing. I used that as a stepping stone to make sure that my final exams, I performed well. It drove me further. It's like my, my failure, my failure like pushed me further, ignited me more, like put more fire in me to want to be better, to want to perform better. And I used that opportunity to read harder, to even perform, to do, to do more discussions, personal readings, contacting the teachers like to see how best can I improve my, 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 my chances at, the, at better grades to be able to do a course that I have been working towards. And I remember in my A-level, I, I fell sick. 
and to actually I was to be done an operation towards the time of the final exams, but I never let all that affect me. I thank God that at the end of the day, with the efforts that I put in, but of course not my own effort, but God leading me along the way. I am a, I am a religious person. No, I won't say religious, but spiritual person. I pray. Of course, I'm a working progress in my faith and my Christian work, but I depend so much on God to help me out through everything. One thing that I believe in life that I can do everything through Christ who strengthens me because that's what the word of God tells me. And every time I face a challenge, every time I face an obstacle, I remind myself that I can do this if only I put my trust in Christ. I can achieve this if only I put my hope in Christ. If I turn to God and ask him for wisdom, if I turn to God and ask him to guide me on how to go about the issue, I know I can achieve it. So that is what I did. I, I cried out to God. I'm like, God, I, I know I can be better. This is not me. This mock result, this is not me. I know I am better than this. God, you are going to help me through this. And indeed, our God is a God who never disappoints. He, really, he for sure helped me out of that. And I performed way much better in my final exams. Of course, the grades I got were good enough to take me for a medical course, for medicine. But of course, I couldn't, unfortunately, I couldn't go into government scholarship so that meant i had to go for private and unfortunately my dad couldn't afford the private uh scheme so he clearly came and told me my daughter i know you have done well and i know what your husband there has been always but this i cannot be able to pay for you i don't I, the finances is not enough because your siblings your other siblings also need to to, to what to benefit if i decide to pay this then that means the others cannot go and i had to weigh the options i told him no it's okay I can start at a diploma level. So then I had to apply for a diploma course. So I applied for nursing. And I remember my dad telling me to apply also for civil engineering. The results came out. I was taken for both on government scholarship. I remember my dad trying to insist on me going for civil engineering. But I was, because my heart was already into the medical field. And for me, anything that would get me into the medical field, that is what I wanted to go for. So I chose to go for the nursing on a government scholarship. I went to Soroti School of Comprehensive Nursing. It's a, it was a three-year course. And it was during this nursing course that I discovered midwifery. And I fell in love with midwifery. I want to thank my two midwifery tutors that I had while in the nursing school. These two ladies made me understand, appreciate, and love midwifery. I loved it so much that for me it was like, it was, it, I didn't have to struggle to read it. Reproductive health was something easy for me. It was like at the tip of my fingers, it was easy. I was only scared of the, um, the practical part. Until, but the day I went for my um, rotation in the maternity unit, I overcame the fear that I had about the practical part, and I completely fell in love with midwifery. And that's how my passion for midwifery like, got born. And that's, I mean, my discovery of midwifery and falling in love with it just happened in the nursing school there. So after I completed my nursing school, I then, um, um, that was in 2010, uh, we completed. In 2011, April, I joined uh, MSF in South Sudan. While in South Sudan, I worked as a, a midwife. They were looking for a midwife. And because it's what I wanted, what I love to do, I joined. And for me, joining MSF was like the ultimate dream. It's like my dream coming through because I, I always wanted to be able to do what they were doing before, what, what I saw them doing in my childhood. So this opportunity that came up, I grabbed so fast. 
And I, I was like, God, thank you that finally my dreams are coming to pass. My dreams are coming true, like I'm achieving this dream. So I was so excited and so blessed. So blessed. I was so honored to have this opportunity to work with them. When South Sudan, I worked in South Sudan for some years. And then afterwards, I was expatriated as an international staff with them, which I am doing out now. And I have had the opportunity to move to several countries within Africa and out of Africa, courtesy of MSF. I mean, the exposure I have got has made me really appreciate the fact that I chose to go into this medical world, that I chose to go into the sciences. I don't regret the nights I spent at work reading my PCB math. I don't regret anything at all, honestly. I am glad that I did that, that I went through all those challenges, I went through all those failures, and I thank God that I never let those failures hold me back. I thank God that I, I, that, that I used those, those points of failure to strengthen myself, to build myself, like to rise up and be better than what I was. I used my points of failure to become a better person. Like Instead of letting that hold me back and prevent me from achieving my goal, I thank God that it pushed me forward to be able to get what I wanted to. After some time in the in the field of working, of course, as I told you, I had graduated as a registered nurse because when you do comprehensive nursing, you graduate as a registered nurse. But of course, you are a nurse who can do both the nursing and the midwifery. And me, I chose midwifery. So I wasn't satisfied with being a comprehensive nurse. I wanted that title of a midwife. Like official, when, I, when I'm writing my, my qualifications, I should, midwifery should be there. Like it should be in bold letters. I then went, decided to go back to school, and that's when I joined Aga Khan University, Kampala campus, uh, in 2018. I told you that I fell in love with midwifery in my nursing. But I, did, I like in the at Aga Khan University, I matured in my midwifery. Like it was my point of maturation. I matured in my midwifery in my skills, in the way I talk about midwifery, in the way I handle patients, in the critical thinking, the management of patients, and all this. It happened while I was in Aga Khan. I learned a lot. Our faculties at the university really did a lot to help us become who we are today, to become better people. And these people who encouraged, they, they were so encouraging. Like, of course, you can't so discourage it. And you, you think you are done with the science part of learning. But when you go to the university, I realize that the sciences gets back to you there. Going back for the midwifery meant, meant again going back to the scientific world, doing the sciences and all the things. We had life sciences, which is more or less like microbiology. For me, it was an opportunity to, to really develop myself further, correct the mistakes that I made while in my nursing school, and become a better person. Uh, practically. So I did my, I completed my th two and a half years and graduated with a, batch, a bachelor's, uh, bachelor's science degree in, mid in midwifery. Because one, from my family, we've not had a girl, at least I don't remember hearing or witnessing or knowing anybody, a girl from my family graduating with a bachelor's degree. So for me, it was like a dream come true. It was a uh, a spiritual battle, it was a personal battle, it was a communal battle, it was a familial battle. Like I was breaking boundaries, I was breaking chains, I was breaking ancestral lineages where like it was no girl has ever graduated from this family, blah, blah, and all the things. For me, it was a huge achievement. Graduating was something huge because it signified a spiritual breakthrough is significant it signified a familial breakthrough a social breakthrough and all those breakthroughs that you can think of that is what it signif uh, it signified for me 
And above it all, I graduated top of my class. I was the best student and I was out. And again, on top of that, I was voted as the valid dictator for my university, the Kampala campus. But then also I was voted again as a valedictorian for the global AKU campuses, Aga Khan University campuses. Aga Khan has five campuses. We have Kampala, Kenya, Tanzania, UK, and Pakistan. So I was voted as a, a global valedictorian to speak on behalf of the university. We went through some competitions and... Um, with, I tied with uh, one of the one lady from Pakistan, so both of us were we, we had to give a valedictorian speech. For me, these are some of the highlights of my 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 life. Plus the others that I've mentioned. The of course one of the highlights from Aga Khan is graduating top of class. For me, that is the greatest highlight. And for me also also just the fact that I graduated, it's like yes, this is it, this is it. it I have achieved it. Unfortunately for me, my dad was not able to witness this. God rest his soul. I lost him um, two weeks after I started my studies at Aga Khan University. But I know right there in heaven, he was watching and he was smiling at me that my little girl has done it. So for me, it was a great day. It was an achievement for me. So about achievements in my life, of course, um, I have had, uh, I've worked as a, in the student leadership capacities both in my O-level and in my A-level. Uh, the same thing also happened at Aga Khan University. I've worked in leadership capacities. I was always being uh, selected to represent the university at, meet, at uh, meetings and conferences and seminars. And then also I got an award of excellency as an outstanding student in the midwifery class. And then, um, of course, graduating top of class. That is another thing. And being um, selected as a valedictorian. So for me, these are some of the achievements or the things that I can say in my life. But above all, for me, the greatest achievement is having God walk with me, having God walk right beside me every step of the way of my life. Even when I messed it up, even when I was like messed up and turned my back on him and pissed off with God at times that I really let him down in what I was doing. He never gave up on me. He was there right beside me, going with me just every step of the way for me. This is one of the greatest achievements in my life. My faith in God that has helped me to become who I am today, that has helped me to achieve what I've achieved today. So that is one of the things that I thank God for. Oh, one of the hugest achievements that I can count in my life. The things that I found inspiring along, along this journey of life, what has inspired me, as I've said, it is just my faith in God. It's God. God has inspired me. But of course, I've met, I've met people along the way who have inspired me to be even much better. Like I look at them, like if I can give an example of one of the faculties um, from Aga Khan, uh, faculty Grace Edwards. She's this one lady that really inspired me. I mean, for me, seeing uh, this female person, uh, a PhD holder, in midwifery, a PhD holder lady who has done PhD in, in, in a science world. It's like, yes. And then also uh, my other faculties, like faculty Helen, uh, the, she is doing, I mean, when I heard of her story from people who know her, she started at the level of an enrolled nurse, and now she's doing her PhD. I mean, sorry, as an enrolled midwife, and now she's doing her PhD for me, this was like, wow, that means I can be anything I want to be. If they can achieve it, then I can achieve it. These are some of the people that inspired me, that inspired me to be who I, who I am today, who, or who I want to be tomorrow. 
The challenges, of course, in life are, uh, there are various, various challenges that I've faced in life. Life, as I say, life is never a straight path. I told you I failed my mocks, mock examinations in my A-level, but I never let that put me down. I lost my dad when I had just started my university education, and I almost actually gave up on my education. I almost had gave up on it because I was quite frustrated with everything because that meant that I had to work extra hard to pay for, the, for my other siblings who were still at school because now the person who was paying for them is no more. So those are some of the challenges that I had in life, of course, plus other issues. Uh, now for things that I enjoy doing outside. I am a music lover. I love music, but um, my music that I love most, of course, I love all kinds of music, but the music that I love most is mainly gospel or worship. I just love to tune in and just worship God and just listen to and dance to it. That is that are some of the things that I love, to, I love to do. I love to read novels. I love movies. I'm a movie addict. I'm just trying to break that addict addiction. Uh, in terms of sports, my sport that I love to... I, I do play baseball and softball. I used to play. Would, let me use that word. I used to play. Though it's taken me now years without playing, I hope I can be able to remember. But um, the sport that I enjoy these days so much is... Um, is badminton. I play a lot of badminton, and that's one of the sports I can play for hours without really getting tired. So that's what I love to do outside of work. But also once in a while, I love to mix to, to mix up with friends, go out, have fun, and all these things. Uh, my favorite quote. My favorite quote I would say is, um, "If you can envision it, then you can achieve it. If you can envision what you want to be." what you want in life, what you want in your life. Like, if you can f picture your goal, picture who you want to become in the future, then you can achieve it. Because once you have a vision, then you can work towards that vision. But I love to add to it that whatever I want to do to achieve my vision, I have to do it through Christ. Because I believe all wisdom or direction comes from God. So for me, I add on to it that with, uh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So for me, the father that's saying I can do all things, it means it doesn't matter what my dream is. It may, my dream might be as wild as possible. My, my vision, that vision that I'm looking at may be so wild that people may not think it is possible to achieve it. But I know that if I put it through Christ, I can be able to achieve it. It doesn't matter how wild it is. It doesn't matter how big it is. I can always achieve it. So in life, you cannot live a life that is aimless. You cannot live a life that is visionless. People who live visionless, people who live aimless are, are destined for doom. You can't just say you wake up every morning, go to school without having an idea of what, why you are going to school. Why are you going? What do you want to become? That is something that you need to always know within yourself and you need to understand why you are doing it because that's what is going to push you to do what you're supposed to do. That's what is going to push you to achieve your dream. That's what is going to push you to, to, to work towards achieving that goal that you have set in your life. Otherwise, if you don't have a goal, then you, there's no need for you to work hard. So always in life, make sure that you know what you want to do, you know what you want to be, and then find out what do you have to do to, to reach there? What do you have to do to achieve? If you want to be a medical doctor, you want to be a pharmacist, you want to be a pilot, you want to be an engineer, you want to be a technician, you want to be whatever kind of person that you want to be. No, then you, you, need, you need to decide, after knowing what you want to be, after deciding what you want to be, then see, what do I need to do to reach there? Because for somebody who wants to join medical, 
I know I have to concentrate more on bio on biology than mathematics. Yes, I need the mathematics, but I need more the biology. If I want to become a pilot, I need more the physics and the mathematics. If I want to become an engineer, I need the physics and the mathematics. If I want to become a chemist, I need to know more the chemistry. So you see, this is how the sciences play. Don't go, don't go for combinations just for the sake of saying I want, it's for the pride that I am doing PCB. I am doing, I don't know this. No, 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 no. Choose a combination. Choose a, a subject that you're going to do that's going to help you towards your goal. I mean, if you want to be an agricultural agronomist, then you know that agriculture has to be part of your subject and you need to work harder on that specific subject that will take you to that goal. So that's why I'm saying that first have a vision of what you want to be or who you want to be. And then find out what you need to reach there. And then that's when you're going to start to work on those activities. That's how life is. Okay, that's what that's what makes life more interesting. That's what makes everything easier. But if you're going aimless, then you're going to try this to them. You'll try mathematics, you'll try English, you'll try literature, you'll try arts, you'll try physics, whatever it is, you'll try everything and you're not going to succeed in anything. And at the end of the day, you are going to end up being very frustrated. Without a vision, you end up in frustration. So have a vision to direct you. Uh, words of encouragement, I would say. Do not let your fears hold you back. Never, never let your fears hold you back. Never let your failures bring you down or push you back. As I told you from my experience when I failed my mock examination, my, I used my failure to push me harder, to even work harder. So never let your fears or your failures push you back or let you down. Use, you let, let that failure that you've experienced in life push you even further to achieve more, push you to even work harder to achieve. Like you need, you want to put the enemy to shame. You want to shame the devil that, uh -uh, I can achieve this. You've tried to make me look like a failure, but I will achieve this. That's what I want to, uh, that's what I will encourage that. Never let your fears hold you back. Never let your failures make you give up. Never give up in life. Push on and push on and push on. But as you push on, you need to know what you need to do. It's not just pushing on blindly. You need to know exactly, precisely what do you want to do. So that as you're pushing on, you're doing those specific things that are needed in life to achieve your goal. So please, use your fears, okay? Use your fears to get you better. Do not let your fear hold you back. I said, let your fears, embrace your fears and your weaknesses. Turn them into your strongest point. Just make those fears like become your strongest point. If your fear is, a, is biology, what do you need to do? You need to engage more in people who are best in biology. Go to them, understand them. How do they read the subject? How do they understand? If your fear is mathematics, embrace that and know your fear and then work against it. You go to the teachers, ask them questions, ask colleagues questions, do discussions with your colleagues to understand how they pass their mathematics. And don't go to people who are failing. You have to go to people who are doing better than you. You cannot ask somebody who is doing worse than you to help you become better. No, it can't happen. You have to ask those who are doing better than you to give you ideas on how you can help. You have your teachers, so take advantage of your teachers. Me, I am this person, very inquisitive. I always disturbed my tutors. It didn't, it didn't matter at what level of education I was. I always was asking questions. In class, I asked questions. I made sure I was very attentive. And one thing for me is I never miss classes. Like, if I miss a class physically, I, it's like it takes me time to really get understand the subject. So try and endeavor as much as possible. With the current pandemic, the world is evolving more scientifically. It is, the world is going to be in need more of science-oriented science personnel. 
I'm not saying the art subjects will be phased out or whatever it is, but the demand for science for people with the science orientation is going to be more, much more than the people with the with the art orientation. So please do not shy away from these sciences. Take courage, stand strong. Let the fear that you have for these sciences should be able to push you forward to it. As I was saying, whatever that you are afraid of, that is what should make you even become more stronger. Use that point to get to become better, like fight that fear and overcome that fear so that you can go to the next step. Let, let these senses not scare you. These subjects are just like any normal subject. You can achieve it. As I told you, once you put your mind to it, once you're determined with faith in God and your hard work added on to it, you can achieve whatever you want to achieve and you can become whoever you want to be in life. So do not, not be held back by fear. Do not let your weaknesses hold you back. Do not let your fears prevent you from achieving your dreams. Because I know each one of you, you have the potential to be better. Each one of us has the potential to be who we want to be and to be even greater persons than we can even imagine. So you have it in you. All you need is to dig that potential out of you and put it into action. So I wish each and every one of you the best. Thank you so much. That is just a little bit about myself. I hope I've been able to encourage somebody through my little story. Thank you.